0: Welcome to the Casey City Church audio podcast. We pray you enjoy this following sermon. You know, there's many people in their Christian experience have reached a certain point and they think that they've reached as far as they can go. They think that they've, they've, uh, they're comfortable where they are, they're, they're praising God. They're worshipping on a Sunday. They're praying. They're reading a little bit of the word. And the title of my message this morning is Is This All There Is? Put up your hand if you felt at some stage, Is This All There Is? Nobody felt that. Well, either you're telling a lie, and I don't think you are. (laughs) And I want to tell you this morning that where you are now is not all there is. That's right. And I want to give you a a little bit of history of both Anne and I. Um, As many people know, Anne and I grew up in a conservative Church of Christ in Melbourne and the only thing we knew about the Holy Spirit was what was tacked on the end of a long prayer and uh, by the time their prayer had finished you'd sort of glossed over the Holy Spirit and that was that's disappointing to me now but it's interesting to know that we've gone further than that now. We don't have time this morning to go into all of our history because we would be here till next week or longer. And I don't think you want to do that. But this morning I, I believe the Lord wants to relate something of what has happened in our lives. Not just because it, it um, lifts us up because it doesn't, because it actually lifts the Lord up. What's happened in our lives is only because what the Lord has done, because we've been obedient to Him. In 2008, Anne and I were invited with a group of about a hundred people from all over the world to go to India on a ministry trip and we fl- actually flew into Mumbai, if anyone remembers the time when uh, the bombings happened in Mumbai, okay. Rachel's nodding, <laughs> well we flew in at midnight on, that, on the day that that happened and so the the security was beefed up at the airport, which was a good thing because the airport was absolutely packed and we had to find the people that were going to take us to where we were going to stay. And uh, the only way we could find that was the people had a cap on their head with their name on it and we had to look through all these thousands and thousands of people to find the person with the right cap so we could go and uh, get in a van and be taken to where we were going to stay. We spent about four days in Mumbai where we were we're divided into ten groups of ten people to go right throughout India, different cities in India, and the city we went to first was Nagpur, which is the very, very centre of India. In fact, it's got an obelisk in the middle of India, which points to all the different parts of India. And the interesting part about that was that when we got, when we got to where we were going to stay in India, the Lord gave me a picture of this obelisk. And I'd never been there before, but I saw this obelisk standing up and I mentioned it to the people that we were with and they said we'll go and find that and the, the people in India told us where it was so we went and visited that and it was, a, it was interesting that there were 10 groups of us that went all over India but we went to the central point the, the team that we had what we saw while we were there made us realize how amazing our god is that he works in amazing circumstances in amazing situations and he works in little old you and sorry not old and little old me So we think oh, it's, it's only me. It's only me, but God is God is greater than only me, and He works through us in amazing ways. We ministered in in uh, Nagpur to about five hundred church leaders, and again we saw so many people's lives changed as we prayed over people as we ministered to people and people were healed, they were set free. People that were were confused in their mind, clarity became clear and they walked away from there absolutely with their lives changed. We heard of stories about how pastors that had come to these meetings Uh, were going home on the train and they were ministering to people in the carriages on the train and people were coming to Christ on the train and they'd stop at a station and they would get out and they would minister to the people on the station and people were, were coming to Christ. But it was because of what the impartation that they received as they went to these meetings that we held. had nothing to do with us. I've got to really continue to say that. It had nothing to do with us. It had to do with what he was doing in those meetings. After that... We were given the opportunity and asked if we wanted to go with a team of 12 to a small town of Likoli. I think it was Likoli or Lakoli, something like that. The reason I'm not quite sure of it is at the time we were there, we were told not to mention to anyone that we've been there because it's right up near the border, of uh, India and Pakistan. And there was a lot of trouble going backwards and forwards over the border. And so they didn't want to, people weren't allowed to say where they'd been. But I'm going to say it now because it's all, it was a long time ago. So. <laughs> and that was in the po- province of Gujarat. And when we got to Gujarat, we, we found that we were We were uh, ministering in this huge, big conference centre out in the middle of the jungle that they'd built, all out of marble, like most things are built in India, out of marble. It was all built out of marble. It was this huge, big conference centre, and we ministered to many of the church leaders and the uh, different people in leadership around the villages. And we taught them many things that they didn't know. And again, we saw people healed and set free. We were only there for three days and two nights. And the two nights they held rallies. Now, I've been in meetings where there's a thousand people or 500 people or something like that, and I thought, you know, this is amazing, this is wonderful. And uh, But the first night we were there, there was 40,000 people coming from all over the area. They'd come in on, on uh, uh, the back of those three-wheeled motorbike things, whatever they're called, and they'd, they'd be people sitting on the roof and hanging off the sides and everywhere. And they'd all come in and they'd all come to, to this this conference, but they couldn't hold it in the the actual conference centre. Had to be held out uh, in the bush, virtually. And I don't know whether you can get it up there, Gordon. The the photo. It's a bit blurry. But that's, that's what we saw from the, from the stage, the platform. That went way back into the bush. And there was a warning when we got there, don't go into the bush because there's been a tiger that's been loose around <laughs> But the people just came and they spread right out into the bush. And then the first, the first night we were there, we were asked to go down and minister to the people, walk among them and minister to them. Well, in the dark, it was very difficult because they had babies lying on the ground and we're trying to weave our waves around. So the next night, when there was 50,000 people there, we decided that we'd invite people to come up for ministry. And My first uh, occasion there was to have a, a young man bring another man for prayer and he, he'd been deaf since birth, and obviously hadn't been able to talk. And I prayed for him, and he yelled out at the top of his voice, "Praise the Lord." Just, just absolutely amazing. We saw another lot of healings later on. We saw a man who had a gangrenous foot and it was all black. I mean, he was black-skinned anyway, but it was blacker. And uh, it it smelt and it had bandage around it. And part of our team sat down on the floor next to him, laid hands on it and prayed for it. When we watched it go pink, completely healed, Absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing. There were many other things. We were called to go to a, uh, a pastor's house who was very sick and we, he asked us to pray for him and we had all different opportunities like that and it was absolutely amazing. Anne and I have been privileged over the years to have been able to travel and to witness some of these things firsthand. Some other people don't have the opportunity to travel. And I wanna say that when I came back to share some of these things, even with our friends in the church, it was like, ho-hum, that's good. And, and we, were, we were quite disappointed, but we realized that when you see it with your own eyes, When you experience what happens, that's when you realise what God is doing. Now, why am I telling you all this this morning? What's this got to do with the seven churches written about in Revelation? Well, it's got a lot to do with the fact that where we are is not all there is. The message to the church at Smyrna was considered, because Smyrna was considered a persecuted church, and in Greek, Smyrna means myrrh. Does anyone know what myrrh means? Suffering. Suffering or bitterness. In this day, the Christian church is being persecuted on all fronts. And we have to consider things that we say or don't say. But in all of this, we need to take note of what Pastor Larry spoke about last week in, about Ephesus. That we need to get back. What did he say? We need to get back to our first love. And how do we find our first love? It's interesting that Matthew 6 verses 33 says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. And that one translation says will be added unto you. The first thing we seek is his kingdom of love. What does his kingdom consist of? Well, Romans 14:17 says for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink but righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Come on, smile. Joy in the Holy Ghost. In the NLT, it says, "For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness." We spoke about goodness at our men's group on Saturday morning. Goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. John fourteen, verse one. And I think we can put that up on the on the board. And I'm going to read 28 verses. I hope you'll uh, follow me while we read those 28 verses. But uh, I believe they really to speak to us this morning. And this particular passage was talking to the disciples to, to stop their anxiety about what was going to happen. And so he said... Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, say it with me. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, in other other translations it says truly, truly, which means to emphasise this. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name. So why will he... Will you do all these works? That the Father may be glorified. You will ask me anything in my name and I will do it. Verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever the spirit of truth. I just want to hesitate there as we go through this reading just to emphasise the fact that we have all that we need in Christ and through the Holy Spirit. Some of us got to a point and said, that's all I need. But when the Holy Spirit comes and fills you to overflowing, amazing things are possible. As I said before, Anne and I have seen some amazing things. Anne got healed of breast cancer while we were away on a trip. And it was amazing that we went on this. It wasn't to India. It was another trip we went on. But uh, she got prayed for, for, for on this particular trip. Uh, but before she went away, she'd gone to have it all checked up. And they said, well, you probably need to have tests and things. And she said, well, I'm not going to have the test slot. I'm still going away. And then got prayed for. And when she got back, it's gone. So, you know. We've seen amazing things. And so where we are is not where we stay. And it's not all there is. It's not all there is. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long the world will not see me anymore but you will see me because I live, you also will live. On that day you will realise that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Iscariot, said, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. I'm going to skip over a few verses here. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. This is really key. Peace, I leave you. My peace, I give you not as the world gives do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid and I'll skip over a few more and go down to uh, go down to oh no I'll go to verse 28 you heard me say I'm going away and I'm coming back to you if you love me you would be glad that I'm going to the father for the father is greater than I I've told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the Prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father commanded me. You know, uh, our theme for the start of this year is Revel and Reveal. Now, I've I've got to admit that when that first came out, I was sort of puzzling over what quite that was saying. But I understand fully now what that's talking about. In this year... We need to revel in the presence of God. Without the presence of God, we can do nothing. We have to be in his presence to get the revelations we need to be obedient to him. I mean, if you've got a boss that never tells you, how to go about things or what to do and you, he just expects you to do it. Well, I had a boss like that once. He told me, he, he said, uh, I'm, I'm going off to another job. I want you to do such and such. I've never done that before, I said. Well, just do it. When he came back, I hadn't finished it and he said, I wanted to know why. <laughs> he has given us all that we need. All that we need. John 16, 12 to 15, which is the title of the verse that I gave them. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when He, the Spirit of Truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. What was the secret that was revealed to the Gentiles? Anyone tell me what that is? Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory. I hope you understand why I, with the preamble that I said before and showing you the picture and all this sort of stuff, it ha- I, didn't, I didn't want to emphasise how great it was, how great we are. I just wanted to emphasise how great God is. Yeah. Yeah. Years before we went on these missions trips, someone came to our church and prophesied over us that we would be travelling to other countries and ministering in other countries. And at that, that time, we had no money. We had no prospects of ever travelling out of the country. We had no passports. And she came and said straight to our face, go and get your passports. And we didn't, we didn't even ever think that that would ever happen. But we serve a wonderful God who has got different plans that you have Jeremiah 29, 11, everyone knows it. I, can someone say the, the words? For I, know the for I know the plans I have for you. That's right. He's got plans for everyone. It's not, it's not where we are is where we stop. In fact, where we are is on a platform to go further. So so remember, as we continue in this year, although it's been a yo-yo year. (laughs) Well, wow. Oh. It's all right, I'm not in pain. (laughs) I want want us all to to stand now and just just remember what's given me a little bit of inspiration. I've been reading this book. It's called There Is More. And it was written by Randy Clark. (laughs) And, (laughs) And... and it's absolutely amazing. I've read this about four times. <laughs> but I always get something new out of it. But it talks about impartation and how people... When you, when you come and lay hands on someone because they're sick or something like that, um, don't think that just because you're laying hands on them that, oh yeah, I've laid hands on them, I've prayed for them. This is an impartation because God has given you the want, the will to have that person healed.